The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling? Make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. He's the man who was on the call last night for Mississippi State's uh, basketball upset of 13th-ranked Missouri. Let me see if I got that sound bite. Yep, here's what it's... Uh, you want to hear that montage again? I'll give it to you. Here's the montage. This is what it sounded like on the radio. Mississippi State, Mizzou. Short shot clock, five to shoot. Comes into Davon Smith. He will launch a very deep three, and he swishes it. Iverson Molinar driving down the right lane line all the way to the 10 for a right-hand lay-in. Here comes Mississippi State. Timeout, Mizzou. DJ Stewart driving left to the lane. Pulls up from 15 over Mark Smith. Knocks it down, and he'll go to the line for one more. Small guy outworked the biggest guy on the floor. Lost for Matt. Bulldogs play here on the Bulldogs Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. And that's what it sounded like last night. Learfield sending out that highlight montage. It is based on a French word. We we <laughs> we got that confirmed a little bit ago. Uh, so Neil's coming up here in just a bit on the show on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Y'all can call me on it, by the way, 995 105 Nine. On the text line, the country pleasing text line, it's 885 ESPN. Country pleasing sausage. The best anywhere. Try it if you haven't. Walk up in the grocery store and say country pleasing, please. It's on grocery store shelves all across the Southeast. Kevin on Facebook said green onion is the best country pleasing, hands down. One of my favorites. Uh, it was actually the first that I tried. I even tried. Green Onion, before I tried the original, I think Green Onion was the first one I tried and immediately fell in love. And when I cook it outside, especially, that's my favorite to cook outside. You can cook Green Onion sausage outdoors and people just start walking up. <laughs> they smell it from a long way. Uh, Daryl said, y'all should try the sausage stuffed pork chops. Sounds great. I haven't tried it. They do have at Country Meat Packers there, Highway 49 in Florence. You just go in there. They've got, what was it, um, macaroni and cheese stuffed pork chops. Ooh, yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. All right, let's do it right now over on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. In fact, that means... Davini's been doing it better longer than anybody else. Right now with us on the Davini phone, the guy who was on the call last night for State's Upset of Missouri and Men's Basketball, Neil Price. Thanks for giving us a little bit of time, Neil. Hey, that was a that was a heck of a ball game last night. Yeah, you know, true tale of two halves. I know that sounds really cliched, but you know, State played well for about the first four minutes, five minutes of that first half. And then kind of got out of sorts, turned the ball over a lot, had a hard time stopping Mizzou. 
And then, man, halftime got there, and they're down 12, and I don't know what they said in the locker room, but when they came out in the second half, they looked like a different team. And, man, were they dominant in that last 20 minutes. Well, and, Neil, you know, um, that's the thing. I was trying to look at how it split. And, you know, stats, I've always heard, are kind of like a bikini. They'll show you a lot, but not everything. And the the turnovers. Okay, so I'm watching. Help me out on this. I'm watching the first half, and Missouri goes on that run, and they build their halftime lead, and it seemed like a part of them being able to build their lead was state a bunch of trips where they went down and turned the ball over in the first half. Am I right about that? I would agree with that. Uh, I, I think that probably was the biggest part of it because Missouri's a team that likes to get out in transition. They're really good at it. Uh, you know, where they're older and those guys have played the game together with one another for so long, they just know where everyone's going to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and you could see that in the way that they played in transition. They're not putting the ball on the floor. I mean, they're moving it through the air fast. You blink your eyes, they've scored. Uh, you know, so State was trying to maybe force it a little bit on offense. And I think about a couple of times where, D.J. Stewart tried to get into the paint on the dribble, and Mizzou plays this really aggressive helping man-to-man. So everybody has kind of collapsed in and help, and you got four guys standing in the paint that are committed to keeping him out. Yeah, And you put the ball on the deck in traffic, and it usually doesn't end well if you're the offensive player. Yeah, So that happened multiple times in the first half. In the second half, I think... Coach Allen did a really nice job of making an adjustment where Mississippi State really spread the floor. And I didn't ask him this part specifically after the game last night, and he didn't bring it up, but this is what I think. I think that he brought his front-line guys, Tolu Smith and Abdul Adu, up to the high block, and in some instances even beyond the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And he also lifted Mizzou's bigs out of the paint. And when he did that, and Iverson Molinar and DJ Stewart got the ball, now all of a sudden it's one-on-one. Mm. And both those guys are pretty hard to guard one-on-one. And they got to the rim, and they scored with great frequency. I mean, DJ made six consecutive shots yeah. in the second half during that 13-0 run. So, you know, there's a big adjustment there. Clearly, they took care of the ball better in the second half. Uh, and, and I just thought, great. I mean, he scored 50-some points in 20 minutes. That's that's getting it done right there. That is. 50, outscored Missouri 51-24 to 24 in that second half to just, you know, they're down by 12 at half and then run away with a 15-point win. And that's it. Okay, Neil, you're like, what did they say in the locker room? And that's the key to this whole thing, right? Because if we look at Molinar and DJ Stewart, who combined for 44 points, all right, Stewart, I'm sorry, Molinar was one of six in the first half. Stewart was two of four. They go three of 10 combined in the first half and then come out there and go a combined 14 for 20 in the second half. And so, you're saying that it, it, as much as effort, it might have just been a little schematical adjustment that cleared things up where they now had drive, penetrate, layup opportunities? I think so. And the reason I say it, Matt, is because I don't think in that second half I can recall 
a time where those guys were driving into as much traffic yeah. as they were in the first half trying to get the ball into the paint. Now, I could be wrong on that. I'm no expert, but I said it a couple times in the second half that I thought that Coach Allen had made an adjustment to bring a lot of his bring his big guys up above the foul line to try and open up the lane, spread the floor out a little bit more for those guards. And where the bigs were playing on the block and State was trying to play some high-low and work the ball in the post in that first half only to turn it over, in the second half, those bigs come out front and you've got those one-on-ones and you've got two really athletic guards who can really do a lot creating off the dribble. Mm-hmm. And, man, did they ever do it. No doubt. Neil Price on your radio right now. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram. He's at Hale State Voice, radio play-by-play announcer, Mississippi State men's basketball and football. And I guess it fits. The puzzle pieces of what we're talking about, Neil, really fit with the fact that, you know, they weren't shooting threes. You know, it's not like Stewart goes out for it 20. took six threes. Took six threes. Out of 54 a, shots, I think it took six threes. That just, to me, is like, I, you know, I look at that and I go, is that strictly dictated by what the other team was doing, or 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 there is, it has to be like a, a a cerebral choice on State's part to not shoot threes? I don't know. I can't quite wrap my head around it. To be honest with you. Yeah, and I don't know that I've got a great answer for that either, Matt. I did ask Coach Allen specifically during the pregame show because he talked about Mizzou's nature on defense that they will really help into the paint to, to make it tough for guys to get good looks. Mm. And I said, okay, so if your guards drive, does that mean it's going to be important for your team to knock down these open three-point shots tonight? Because in theory, if you're driving and they're helping, it's going to be there. And he said, well, I don't know it's so much that as it is driving under control, using the jump stop, doing all the good fundamental things you want your guards to do in that situation, and then looking to see if you can find that open guy. Because he said, if we can get it to our perimeter guys, we're comfortable enough with the way that they're shooting the ball that they're going to knock shots down. It just turns out last night, the second half, they didn't have to get it to them. They Mm -hmm. were getting to the rim, so I mean – you know, corner three is one of the best shots in basketball, according to the analytics, but nothing beats getting to the rim and dunking it. You know, that that's the best shot in the game if you get it, and, right. and they got it quite a bit. They got to the rim a lot last night. So, uh, Neil, the unsung in this, is it once again Tolu Smith, 15-9, and nine, so he's a rebound away from a double-double. And, and, you know, he goes five for six at the free throw line, and he's a freshman, am I right? He is a redshirt sophomore. Okay, so he's a little bit older. Not so he a transferred. He played his freshman year at Western Kentucky, and then transferred. Sat out last year. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think that he he gets a lot of credit for what he's trying to do to improve on the offensive end because I think the first couple of games of SEC play were eye opening for him. He had mm. played very well in the non conference and had scored, but you know, Kentucky. And uh, Georgia really kind of made it tough on him to score offensively. So what he's been working on with Coach Allen and the staff the last few days is learning how to use his big body at 6'11", 
240 mm-hmm. to, um, to, to shield off defenders and score with his back to the basket. And we saw some of that last night. wasn't every time that he got the ball, but just his aggressiveness and his willingness to rebound creates a lot of second opportunities for him. I think about a, a shot he made during that 13-0 run in the second half where DJ gets in the ball and the pass is a little bit low and Tolu tries to collect it and he just drops it on the floor and it bounces right back to him and just in one motion he comes up, shoots a 15-footer, knocks it down, and you're thinking they can't do anything wrong at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. for a guy to pick one up off his laces <laughs> and then hit a jump shot, that's pretty impressive, you know, but I don't feel like Tolu got rushed in the second half. The first half, I think he, like a lot of his teammates, maybe was trying to force it just a little bit, and then it felt like the game was really coming to him in the second half. Yeah, Neil Price on your radio, Hale State Voice on Twitter. Um, I was trying to think of a comparison, and I got some of the heights all wrong when JB and I were talking about it earlier, but, but I did ultimately, I sort of kind of got in the ballpark of this comparison. Do you remember Lawrence Roberts? At Mississippi State, uh, 04, 05, played with Timmy Bowers and Shane Power and that bunch, played for Rick Stansberry. You happen to remember him, Neil? I, I know who he is, yeah. yes. I can't say that I watched a ton of games at that point. Different time of life for me, obviously. Sure. But I know I know the name Lawrence Roberts, certainly. Yeah, you were much younger. You know, as a State guy, I remember it very vividly, and I think a lot of State fans too. And Roberts was a guy who was listed at 6'9". You know, here's Tolu listed at 6'10", but I see some – Roberts was a guy who, you know, he could score up there in the doubles and had a lot of double-doubles, and he would rebound. He just played so big and but was smooth around the basket. Just had this, I don't know, like an easiness and a grace when he's in there around those trees and around the basket and good hands. And I, I made the comparison earlier that that's what I see from Tolu is – he doesn't have a lot of the freakout plays when he gets the basketball, and I think he's only going to get better. He's smooth. Like, that's the word that comes to the to the front when I watch him around the basket. What about you? I agree with that. You know, I think the biggest thing for Tolu Smith going forward with regard to, to his success and his ceiling, I think, is still incredibly high. Mm. Here's a guy that, you know, is just – he's got to learn – to, to play the game at this level. And sure, he's played college basketball, but he didn't play the four position all the time at Western Kentucky in that first year. He wasn't asked to be a regular starter. And, you know, when, when you're put in a role where you're playing, let's say, a new position, basically, and you're having to come in and contribute right away, and they're counting on you, to contribute throughout the game because of the role you're being placed in as a starter. They're asking you to be a leader. Uh, that's an adjustment, you know, and Coach Allen reminded me during a pregame show yesterday, he said you have to continue to, to think about Tolu sometimes in terms of being more like a freshman mm. than a sophomore. Even though he's, he's third year in college basketball, you got to think of him in those terms just because of the limited amount of time that he spent playing in, in live game situations. So, you know, perspective is an important thing to have. And I don't think Tolu's the only guy that's important to think about in those terms, too, because there are a lot of young guys that are playing on this team and a lot of guys that are in new roles this year. I mean, Iverson Molinar is a fantastic player, but keep in mind he came off the bench last year most of the season. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he's been asked to be a starter. 
you can tell that he's absolutely improved from a year ago, no question. But there's still going to be moments where he's going to have to to learn a little bit, and, and he will. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Same for DJ. I mean, he had a redshirt year. DJ had the benefit of playing a lot last year and having some success, and now he's kind of be the kind of got to be the guy to shepherd the other ones along because he, he and Abdul are are the leaders. So. Um, yeah, I think if people will just enjoy what this team is doing and enjoy the improvement, kind of go along for the journey and not get so hung up on one game here and one game there, I think they'll really enjoy watching these guys because they've got a lot of fight to them. I think they play with great energy. They're going to make their share of mistakes. But I think they're also going to play their way out of a lot of problems like they did last night because they just they, they just don't have a lot of quit in them. Right. And we're so close to you know another win in that double overtime game against Kentucky where, frankly, they had every opportunity to win it and just some shots didn't fall and a few turnovers there too and maybe didn't play as well around the rim. Neil Price on your radio right now. Um, Neil, so – do they have you up mid-level, kind of in the catbird seat where Jack Crystal used to call the game from? Is that where you are? We're just kind of down down the walkway from where Jack did the games for all those years. I asked for for Jack's old spot when they told us we were going upstairs, and I guess now that's where the the video board controller is. So it's a lot of stuff to move to make room for me to go down there just for that and. You know, it's a great view where we are, uh, kind of about the foul line, I guess, uh, behind the state bench. And I was talking to a friend of mine back home uh, this morning, just trading text messages that used to do junior college games with me. And I said, in a lot of ways, this takes me back to the early days of doing games when I was in school because, you know, the the arena, obviously, the Coliseum is is much bigger than any venue I did games in at that point. But we sat at that kind of mid-level just about everywhere at the top of a set of bleachers. And you saw more of the game because you could see the the backside of the floor and how things would open up over there. So I have really enjoyed being up there. And sure, I'll miss a thing or two here and there. You can't hear the officials as well. Uh, there was a, a replay last night that I don't know that I'm still totally sure what they looked at. I think they were making sure that Davon Smith didn't step out of bounds. Uh, but I miss a detail like that here and there. But in terms of seeing the game, it's a great place to be. I, I love it up there. Yeah. Well, you do a great job. We listened to some of the calls here today and, um, it was a heck of a ball game for sure for those who stayed up uh, to watch it. And Vanderbilt just around the corner. Neil, uh, I would tell you, you know, it's great to hear your voice, but that would insinuate I don't get to hear it much. I'm glad that I get to hear you it. You hear lot. enough of it. <laughs> but, you hear enough of it. But I'm still glad to hear your voice, and I really do appreciate some time today, buddy. Thank you. Back at you. Thanks, man. Yep, thank you. That's Neil Price. Y'all follow him on Twitter and Instagram, if you don't already, at Hale State Voice. Mississippi State play-by-play announcer on the call last night for that win. We played you the final. This is what it sounded like. To Pinson. He will dribble out the final seconds. A comeback unlike any we have seen here in some time. Mississippi State down 14 in the first half. Storms back 
in the second half and runs away with it. Downing number 13, Mizzou, 78-63 here at the Hump. That's what it sounded like. All right, rolling along here at hour number three, presented by Overstreet Properties in Stark Vegas and overstreetproperties.com. Y'all stick around here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Studio. Stay with me. <laughs> 